hot welcome to Out of Your League, episode seven. The country's in crisis, but rugby league is, fair to say, still going strong. And we're as relaxed as Jacob Rees-Mogg stretched out across the benches in the House of Commons. Um, none of this turmoil is going to affect John Wilkin and Mark Flanagan, owners of multiple properties, flashy Rolexes and climate-changing 4x4s. Not a single fuck given by two self-proclaimed working-class heroes. The days of John's pig farming in Hull, long behind him as he turns left to jet across the Atlantic, <laughs> munching on caviar and pretentious prawn sandwiches with his Olympian wife, the posh and becks of rugby league. With Mark's ego, and alter ego, too big to allow him to remain in his hometown of sunny Saddleworth with the good folk who've stood by him from the beginning through thick Still and thin. Part-time podcasters, part-time sportsmen, the Pablo Escobars of the northern coffee industry, both too big for their boots, but these boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are going to walk all over you. Good to see you guys. That was good. That was one of your best. Well done, Will. Well done. How are we? What, what a way with the English language you have. <laughs> um, how, by the way, how is Brexit going to affect rugby league, John? How is it? Um, is it I think to... Catalan Dragons and Toulouse, it may well... It'll help them, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I don't know. It'll, it'll affect them in some way. Because it'll affect us all in some way, Will, it won't will it? Mm. Do you reckon it's something everyone's thinking about? Or is it just kind of... Well, no, I'm going to quote Mark Percival, who plays for St Helens. He voted for Brexit because there was an assumption that the, there was a mosque being built in Widnes, <laughs> and he said that that would have been campaigned against and he'd read about it, yeah. and so therefore he voted Brexit. He hasn't connected to the dots. No, to, to make sure there was no more development of... Of, of the of, mosque? Yes. <laughs> wow. Can <laughs> he read, person? No, he can't read, no. but he Someone got read it out to him no, and he got, him This is the problem. He had a chance to vote. Right. Mark Percival voting on any major political sort of platform is a problem. Is a real problem. But, I mean, there are many Mark Percivals out there, so what we're saying is don't give the idiots the vote. Is that what you're Well, just to govern. If you're going to be a government, govern us, because we are blissfully unaware. As you've pointed out, we're working class heroes. <laughs> well, you hope we're not so much these days. No. Changed oh, glorified Lidded. entertainers. Yeah. Glorified entertainers. Mm, yeah. Changed a little bit, haven't you, from when it all started? Well, we, without doubt, I'm more bitter. You wouldn't have worn that hat, would you, for example? Cynical, you know? I would have worn this hat. Well, 15 years ago, you wouldn't, have worn, you wouldn't have had the confidence to have worn that hat. Yes, I would. I've always worn Mark, jaunty. Yeah, he has always worn I've always, jaunty. I've always been a jaunty dresser, Will. I've not conformed. And for those... Maybe the, 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 the goatee beard might be a bit different, though. That's, yeah, a, new, yeah. that's a new progression, isn't I mean, it? For, yeah. those, for those not watching, I always like to give a bit of imagery because there are a lot of people yeah, who just listen. Paint a picture. Paint a picture um, for the Sort of last of the summer wine. Hmm? Um, compo, but slightly cooler, slightly Green edgier. It's called Greengrass. It's called Compo. Was it, what was Greengrass at Harvey? Greengrass was the tall fella, I it think. It was Heartbeat. Was he Scruffy as well? Yeah, that's the wrong programme. Mm. It was Scruffy. Last of wine. Yeah, Scruffy but cool. Yeah. How good was it on Last of the Summer Wine, that couple that always cycled off to have a bit of nookie yes. over a wall? Yes. Yeah. Well, that was, yes. And then, yeah, and then old Compo tried to, to get the old bird as well, and she kept brushing him away with her. Yeah. Nora brush. Batty, I think you find Nora him. Batty. <clears throat> Nora Batty. Nora Batty. Um, do you know what? If someone had said to me at the beginning of the season that both of you idiots would be involved in the playoffs, I would have eaten another hat. You thought just no, you one wouldn't. idiot. Yeah, I would have. It would have been out. That's not an out. No, you wouldn't. I would have eaten it's not an outrageous hat. thing. You would have assumed we were going to be in the playoffs well, in the he's, championship. He's always said, assumed the both of you. for the shit, haven't you? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so I said, if both of you 
We're yeah. going to be in the playoffs. Do you think that deeply about rugby that you have an opinion on anything? Yeah, I have an opinion on this because I do. thought, well, like you, so no, but no, what you've got is a negative. What do you think about this? Is staring up a negative comment about well, me what I'm Mark. trying to say, Mark, it's... is congratulations. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> That's you. it. Um, seriously, I'm proud it's of you. Well, it's not all me. Well, a, lot, a lot of it, but not all. Yeah. Um, you can take a little bit of credit. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Well, How have seven. you done it? It's a good question. About yeah, a couple of months ago, I thought it'd be a struggle to get in the top five. I was probably looking to book my holidays at the end of the season. Um, off anywhere fancy like no, off just Peru, Pontin, you know, somewhere, just, somewhere local yeah, with a little local, one. Loki. Um, but yeah, we've been brilliant this last couple of months. Everyone's we've got a fully fit team, which is a big help. Everyone's doing the job. We've got a well balanced side. I think we've got a lot of grafters in the middle and some some match winners and. We've probably got the best player in the comp in Jackson Hastings, who's been playing really well, and we've got a way of playing that suits his style of playing. I think when you win it, when you go on a run, it becomes a habit, doesn't it? You can't yeah. fi- always find a way to win. So, played Leeds at the weekend. There was a time when they scored and they were all over us, but because we've just been winning and just finding a way to get out of our half and finding a way to defend our line, there was just, there was just a resilience there that we've not had for a long but time. That, that's always the way in rugby league. When, when you win games, you defend well. Yeah. And when you're defending well, you give yourself an opportunity to win games. Yeah. And then it becomes, well, have we got the tools to break a team down? Well, Salford have got Krizanan Inu, you know, centre who's been brilliant. And you were saying about your, your backfields getting you yeah. into the right position. Jackson Hastings is, is a match winner. So if you defend well, then all of a sudden you're in games and then you end up winning games that you shouldn't. And it always boils down to that. And when you review a game, for people who don't know, when you play a game, you review it, you'll look at maybe your defensive clips and your attacking clips. And when you're always positively reinforcing defensive messages and, and, and this is how we defend and congratulating people for doing something, it's amazing how quickly people come on board to start buying into it and doing it themselves. Yeah. Can you believe it, though, John, where they are? I, 12 weeks ago, Will, I, I agree with you. I, I just thought... No chance. At the start of the season, yeah, I was probably... It, it's, it wouldn't have blown my mind that Salford were there, but 12 weeks ago, I was like, nah, I could, just can't see how Salford can get from where they are to be competing. And, and actually, not just competing, probably the form, one of the form teams yep. in terms yeah. of how we're playing. And to put it into context, we beat Warrington three times this year. Yeah. We beat Hull away a few weeks ago. Even when we've lost, we've lost narrowly to Wigan twice. Saints, we've been in two tough games with. So it's not like we've we've had seven games against so so called lesser teams. And that's all because you're defending well. Yeah. You've been in games, really competitive games, because of how you're defending. Mm-hmm. I think they're quite a mobile team, Salford. A mm-hmm. lot of leg speed. They're not they're not cumbersome. They're not clumsy, but really efficient mm-hmm. defensively. There's something in that because if you watch the NRL for anybody who watches rugby league, if you watch the NRL now, teams are really efficient with how they defend. The, the, I'd say they're smaller than the, the, the packs in the NRL are smaller than they ever have been, I believe, yeah, in the history of the game. And Saints are a great example as well. They played against us last year and I think after the match they must have weighed each player just to see how much fluid they'd lost in the game. Mm. And they had some of the, the weight, the body weights of the players and there was only one or two players above 100 kilos. Mm. But they all rely on speed and mm. just getting really quick players with great acceleration, getting them on the front foot and using that speed and power to, to drive them down feed rather than the old cumbersome 18 stone prop who kind of just rolls forward. They've just used speed as, as, as their, their major asset. And that's the evolution of the game right yeah. there, is that. How, you can't be big and play rugby league anymore. No. How, uh, really? Well, you can, you but can. you've got to be big and very fit. Yeah. And that, that combination actually is, is 
a very rare one. Mm. So the big lads who are fit are the, probably the most dangerous players. Play, but, players in general are getting smaller. Yeah, I think they're getting lighter. It's yeah. different because rugby union is quite interesting. The difference in trend in rugby union, players are getting bigger and bigger, and mm. they just there's a never-ending stream of six foot five, hundred and twenty-five kilo blokes with dead specific jobs. Yeah. Whereas rugby league, the big difference is there's a huge aerobic element to what we do, so you just can't be that big and be be uh, competent. And that's where unions, but there's bigger breaks in the game, so you can have more power athletes to get recovery every time there's a scrum or a line out or a penalty. They get a couple of minutes break, mm. so they can be more powerful and just have massive exertions of that power when they're carrying the ball and they don't need to be as aerobic as, as the league lads. How good is it for Super League that Salford are in the playoffs? It's great, I think. You'd say that, yeah. but no, no, in general. But I think no, it is. That like, wasn't a cynical bit. Like, no. How many teams have won the Super League? Leeds, Four. Saints, Wigan, mm. Bradford. Four. So the fact, we need more winners, but we need more teams in the mixing part at the end of the season. But it's a step in the right direction, isn't it, for that? Surely you want to break up that yeah. obvious top four or five course. structure. Of course, that's why the salary cap, which you know John discusses quite a bit, and you know we've, we've kind of mentioned it might be a time to knock it on the head, but that, that was the whole reason why it was brought in. It was like mm. the, the NFL at the minute, the, the NRL in, in Australia, it's, it, mix, it should level out the playing field and, and distribute but, talent. But, yeah, but in a, in, a, in a competition where six teams make the playoffs, if there's four that have won it, then there's only going to be two extra to that list. Every mm -hmm. year there's going to be two teams that are extra to that list. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't think it's... When you say is it good for the game, I, I just, I'm indifferent to it. It's just part of the story of this year. Salford have done well relative to maybe where they were predicted to finish, but... Mm -hmm. It's not like a landmark occasion for the game where everyone sits back. Well, it would be wow. if they won it. If we won it, it, yeah. Wow, Salford have made the playoffs. Is know. it beyond the realms of possibility that they could win the grand final? Um, no. I, no, I don't think so, but I don't think they will. It's unlikely, isn't it? But it's I mean, it could, it, that would be a game changer. Um, in what sense? Well, in the sense that it would be one of the biggest shocks in the history of the sport. Yeah, I think it'd get it would change issues. the game. It'd get columns. It would what, what, be what? a massive news story, but nothing would change in terms of the way clubs operate, I don't think, mm. or the way the, the competition operates. No, I didn't mean it like that in terms right. of the salary cap and all that sort of stuff. I mean, we've talked about this before. I, I don't understand. What was the reason you gave me when we talked about it last year? Some stage? salary cap? No, no, as in, I, I've never understood why you guys couldn't do a sort of 1-12 to 12 reverse, so like in the NFL, Cincinnati, uh, Cleveland Browns finish bottom of the a conference. Draft, you mean. And they get the first pick on players in terms of contracts up and players like that. Yeah, but it, yeah. Would that not work? No. Never? No. Culturally, it's so different. No, I just don't think we need to do that. We're, we're Otherwise, we're going to be in the yeah, same we, format. We copy maybe. America all the time. So Leeds Rhinos, Bradford Bulls, that whole era where we attached a, the real, a really aggressive animal to a team. They're not it, the names. I'm just talking about the actual structure. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is that players. whole principle, I'd, I'd actually go as far to say, let's withdraw from that completely. Right. Like, I, I like the playoffs. I like the structure of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But let's take away the stupid animal names. Let's not try and subscribe to all those, you know, these, the, the, the... Would the marketing department not have something to say about that? Yeah, but I'm not a marketer. Yeah, so they, if they want they to do want sell the they tickets. Do. What would happen to Ronnie the Rhino? Well, exactly. Who, who, what happens when, to Johnny Lambert's right, sister? Johnny if you sister? say Leeds Rhinos to somebody mm. who doesn't know anything about rugby league, what indication is there within that title that that's a rugby team? Um, None. Mm. If it was just Leeds Rugby. Rhinos good at rugby? Mm. Rhinos Leeds, and rugby? Leeds Rugby. <laughs> St. Helens Rugby. That's yeah. it. Okay. Well, so they use the mascot to kind of thing. embrace the younger audience. I'm and not kids. bothered about the mascot. I'm not bothered. Talk about mascots. But we had but we had 30 years of that before the, the animals came in. Yeah, but what what have the animals done for us? <laughs> what have the animals done for us? 
I don't know. Really you tell aggressive me. endangered animals being attached to Super League teams is a real. Are they all endangered? They're not all dangerous. Are they? Well, okay, animals. It's not yeah. working. So Hellas don't even have an animal. No. It's, it's not. It's that's not, why they're doing so well. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're doing so. That's why they're successful. Well, you they're cannot not possibly attach the yeah. Super League era, the modern Super League era, yeah. the, the the like rebranding of teams with uh-huh. it being a successful part of the, the game's history. Mm. If anything, the game's. Is, is a fantastic. Who, it just got me thinking. Which is your favourite match? Well, who would win in a fight between a, a, a giant or a wolf? But ironically, or? the giant is quite stumpy. So the wolf would, would get it. Yeah. Like I said, the scary thing is that's grown men and women dressed as. Have you ever seen the Jewsbury round? No. It's quite. When I play, I played a match when I was about 17, 18 against Jewsbury when I was at Bradford as a, in a friendly. But it's, it was quite a docile round. Mm. So he just like meander around and he'd wave, just but he always looked really sad. Placid, just chewing grass yeah. in the do, background. And my mum felt really sorry for him. She thought, that ram looks sad. Does Dr. Devil, um, does Dr. Devil still have Marwan Kukash's face? No, that got whipped off as soon as he left. So who is It's still the same costume, but yeah. without the without It's the not goatee. been washed all season, so when you go near him, it stinks. Doctor, before Marwan Kukash came in, mm. um, was it a Dr. Sol- Devil? Salford City Reds, was that, was that, was that before Kukash? Yeah, they've been. Re- but we, yeah, they've but been the did devil. the devil? Did the, the did bring the devil? Yeah, City Reds. Been the, the devils. No, there were City Reds for it. There were City Reds. But they, mm. have they? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think. Sorry. I don't think it's rebranding the, the the last bit really matters a great deal. No, but the, what I'm asking is, did the de- did Kukash bring the devil with him? I think he wanted to be. That's a whole other podcast, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to episode eight. Did Marwan Kukash bring the devil with him? I think he put the doctor in front of the devil. Yeah. For the mascot, that was right. Yeah. And the, and the goatee. Um, overall, though, this, this structure, and, and we'll get on to Toronto in a minute, yeah. but the, has it all gone down pretty well? This whole five-team structure, well, the, one up, one down? The ironic thing is we mm. did the eights, so the change to three eights. Yeah. The whole purpose of that was to provide like jeopardy and consequences, you know, mm. where teams might go up or down. Well, the ironic thing is we're, we're near the end of the year and there's four teams that could go down. Mm. Which is great, which is <laughs> yeah, great. No, but it's kind of the same. Yeah. <laughs> the ironic thing is we changed to get away from this, like... Yeah. But it's happened naturally, no, which is natural. a great thing. Yeah. So, well, my so, point is, Will, yeah. sometimes overcomplicating things is, is irrelevant. There's uh-huh. no, randomized, no random control group to say, well, actually, if we just ran the league, four teams might well go down. Yeah. There's this yeah. assumption that the worst team goes down, the best team wins, and everyone else in the middle is, like, left... You know, scratching their ass for mm. six and weeks. In terms of the jeopardy that they wanted, it couldn't have gone any better. No. Because they've not had to change the structure. It's just organically meant that the last two months have been so many teams in a dogfight at the bottom, and it's just come to the last game of the season where there's four teams that could go down. So it's, it's weird it. that we're more interested in that, though, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's well, what I want to ask you. That's well, a really that's interesting conversation. Got it like, yeah, no, but it's negative. The negative consequences are more interesting in life than positive ones, aren't they? No, but okay. Look like, at it from look at it from a Super League point of view, and this may be a stupid question, but what would it usually what, is when you yeah, start with that? Yeah, but what would they what would they prefer? Would would they prefer because me on the outside and your average Joe just looking from the outside or very a neutral average, or somewhere yeah. very average Joe? Um, how did Joe get the name average Joe? Well, that's another, mm. another another debate. It's very average, but being ordinary it's a middle name. Isn't it? They, yeah. I would look at it and think, brilliant. Four teams can go down, one game to go. That's drama. That's what we want. But however, Super League will not want that, will they? Because they want to protect the clubs, and the clubs can't do their recruitment. That that uncertainty Survival is not good though. for the league, is it? So what, what's what's the alternative? Is franchising and having a sealed? No, exactly. Sealed but but what I'm saying is, will like this situation now. Super League want to protect these clubs, don't they? Where they want to protect no. their recruitment for the for the off season. Bullshit! I think, it's, I think it's better. Or do they because, want the drama? Do they purely want the drama? Whichever three teams survive, they know that they've got to 
be on the game next year if they don't want to be involved in that dogfight yeah. again. So they're going to recruit hard. They're going to. But maybe does that recruitment has that not already started and half have been done already? That's yeah, what it has. Yeah, yeah it has. But that's what I mean. London have released half their squad, and they could stay up. Yeah, that's what. So that's my London, point. But they'll, they'll no still chance. recruit players. Yeah, yeah. But then London going to next year will struggle if more. they stay up. Will be in a worse yeah, and is position. And would that not year? damage a couple of seasons of that? Would damage. Well, I think if we're going to talk about structure, I think the structure needs to change. I'd go for three leagues of ten. Can't keep changing. No, no. I'd go for three three leagues of ten. I'd, I'd abolish the salary cap. I'd place su- sustainability ten. measures on all competitions. So you must prove that you have the equity or liquidity to support your commitments. And, and what I'd do is allow franchise operations to enter at that bottom level. Mm-hmm. And when you enter at the bottom level, like New York or Ottawa or Coventry or whatever, mm-hmm. then... If you're an owner, say like Marwan Kukash came in at Salford and he was all razzmatazz and he came in and one season at the top level, tried to spend all his money to recruit a team in a short period of time, got it wrong, got it badly wrong, and then basically he's he's gone. But he's a wealthy guy. And if he'd have had the opportunity to come in at the bottom level, make some mistakes, learn at least two years of recruiting players before he can get into Super League, where the cap is open, I think that does the due diligence of the game for it by showing a commitment of a couple of years. Who's going down? My gut, right, and this is, this is um, way off if you look at all the evidence that supports this, I think Huddersfield could go down. Well, because for Huddersfield Catalan, to go down, they need London to win and Hull KR to win. Yes, but I believe... I think... That could happen. I think London will go down. But if if Wakefield weren't in the playoff in the relegation mix, yeah. I think they would have put the queue in the rack and London would beat them this weekend. But because they've been dragged back down into it, mm. I think London will I think Wakefield will beat London and they'll go down. Yeah. But that, it's that, you know, it's that's, been a, that's probably odds yeah. on to happen. It's been amazing how well they've done this year. I'm not yeah. meaning to be condescending to London or the coaching staff or the playing group, but they probably weren't the, the best team in the championship last year. Toronto were played really well and accrued the most points and were the form team all year and they've not really made that many signings since then they've made a few bits here and there so to have a team that weren't the dominant side in the championship to be knocking off all, all teams this year That's, and yeah. perform so well and be in every game and battling and so much energy and, and so much will to win I think they've been amazing and be in the mix now at this stage yeah exactly they're the example of working like you know yeah. mobile forwards that we were talking about well, the reason Salford are doing well now yeah. is that's London they're just workmanlike in every sense and that gives them the opportunity to win games when really if, if you're not mentally strong enough to defend and to have attitude and application yeah. and they've got that in abundance haven't they yeah they have do, do they offer Super League enough yes London yeah. yeah I think having London in the competition is massive mm. why because as an outsider will if you start reeling off names, and I'll tell you now, in the streets of Toronto, mm. if I was chatting to a fan, and they, if I said Castleford's coming to town, mm-hmm. it means nothing or little difference to if I said Batley's coming to town mm. or Whitehaven's coming to town. It doesn't make... It's still a town in England they've never heard of. Mm-hmm. If I said to them, right, we're playing London at the weekend... What would they say? Whoa! Whoa, they go, mm. holy shit! We're coming. Well, then yeah. what, but are, but are they developing? I, I take that point. Obviously, you know, it's, yeah. it's a huge name having the word London in front of your team. It is. But are they developing enough to actually... Just well, they've be massively is, I don't know. Is the, is the fan base growing? Is the, right, know, David Hughes has, has 
the owner of London, for people who don't know, has put in millions and millions and millions of his pounds of his own money. Mm. What's he in it for? Loves it. Just he, love. he loves rugby. He's probably got an ego. He's He'd be good it. to get he, on the he show. likes to Let's get him on. You know, he likes to be attached with a sports club. Yeah. But you can't sniff at how much money he's put into getting London into Super League. Mm. And the crazy thing about the current setup is probably if they go down, like it's such a hard task then to get to, back to, up. to cut sort of cut your cloth and strip it back and then yeah. to get back up. It's it's difficult. And now, Mark and John, time for our special guest of the week. Very special. Very special in very, many ways. Uh, once described by John Keir as like tackling scaffolding being shot out of a cannon. Yes. Have uh, you ever, has anybody ever done that out of interest? Because how could you ever compare something like it's the well, most like, ridiculous... Well, John Keir's yeah. done it then, no, John Keir's John just stood in front Keirs. of a cannon. <laughs> like, just tied a little ball just refrain from cannon. using yeah, any words at the moment, because I'd like yeah. to... Um, the cannon's quite a medieval instrument. Yeah. And so John, John Keir went back to medieval England, mm. took scaffolding with him in the time machine, and then he fired that scaffolding at himself. And his DeLorean. That's just like That's tackling Alex Wormsley, something like which John Keir has never done. Has, like, has John Keir so ever tackled? John Keir a liar? He's a liar. He's a liar and a fraud. Call him out right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what we're going to do here is I thought we would just um, get our special guest to read a poem. I wrote a poem for him. Well, it's not, it's not a poem. It's not a poem at all. It's a story. Short, a short story, a short story. Very, very short story. I can see um, where this is going already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a few lines. Oh, it's it's going I'm just going to come around to our guest. Well now, aren't we? John, if you could just sort of come, yeah, right. if you could just commentate, John, okay. on what yeah. I'm yeah. doing. Will yeah. is walking towards Alex. Yeah. Oh, I've announced I, our I'm, guest. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> so, just, 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 no, I'm not. I'm not going to do this. I'm sat. That's fine. Come on, it's just a short. Story. It's very short, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Not a chance. I'm lit. What team? I'm not part of this team. I'm just no, no, being welcomed in. We found out before, just just before we started airing that I'm not getting paid. Well, yeah, yeah, the other guest well, no, 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 on no, no, this no, podcast has been paid. No, 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 no. we're not sure if you're getting paid. That was going to really kill me on. I'm not paying. Alex, we're not sure if you're getting paid. We'll pay you out of our own pocket. Oh, I'd rather not be paid. I'd rather not. 100%. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to pass you that back. Alex Alex passes Will the iPad. So Will, Will, Will in all his wisdom as a host of a podcast, has decided as his first move is trying to fend the guest. Put me on shore. At least put me up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What it was was a really nice, a really nice story about. Uh, yes. my, my lack of ability to see my eyes <laughs> and sometimes come out as a drug which is, which is a, which is a very nasty way to introduce yeah. you as a guest yeah. Alex yeah. No. Can, we, can we well Will before we before, before we before we <laughs> before we go any further can we just, can we get to the bottom of is, is, your, is it Alex Wormsley or, or Rormsley? It's not, yeah. I, is it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 29 years old. I'm trying to work it out myself. Yeah, so. yeah, true. Is it, is it Rormsley? It's Wormsley. It? It's Wormsley, according to... Uh, <laughs> what was it called? Louis Stanley, was it? Purdom. Purdom. Yeah, Andy Purdom, according to Wormsley. Wormslow. Run a stag do. I mean, roticism is not something we should actually take lightly because, I mean, a lot of people listening, watching, Alex. Um, a lot of people. Well, many, many so people. It's pretty rare. Roticism. I'd it? say one in a thousand, maybe. You know. no, it's my my missus struggles. 
Does she? Yeah. What way? She does actually. She calls him. No, with her own eyes. Yeah. Which are about? It's you know ironic that it's called roticism as well isn't it the fact that well, what, what is the problem I think what you're doing is persisting with a theme of a conversation that hasn't gone the way you thought it would no. because I did of, think Alex yeah, was going to read because of Alex's resistance to read the poem yeah. and mm. now what you're doing is looking at me to confirm whether it's ironic that roticism <laughs> is a thing <laughs> is this when in realism what you've done is you've it just absolutely realism. he's he's Mickey McLaurin, yeah. He's mugged you, hasn't he? You just you missed the Mickey McLaurin story, but we'll, you, have a listen back, Alex. And you, you'll hear that one. Um, Alex, apart from that, uh, great to have you here. Are you glad to be? I'm not scared. It's a nice guy. We had a nice chat before. It's all it's pantomime. Yeah, pantomime. but that what you did there? You, put you him softened him. Sure. You thought, oh, Alex, oh, he's trying to embarrass him. Read it. And then what you did is it took me hours to write that. Put him in, embarrassed him. Do you want to read the first couple of lines no, just, no, no, just, no, just no, so we can see what it is? Okay, go on then. It's Friday in Rwanda and it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> Ronald the rhinoceros <laughs> ran into a rather treacherous set of rapids. His mother Rita gave him a right royal rollicking. <laughs> Do you know what, Will? I've Ronald, she raged, refrain from running thought. in those rapids, you rascal. <laughs> but Rita's reprimand was ignored. Ronald died in the rapids. The end. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, Will, I've just had this horrible thought of you spending an hour of your life writing yeah. that story. Uh, anyway. There was good substance to it. Do you know there was. I feel bad. I do yeah. feel bad because I felt. No, I don't feel bad. No, no you don't. But now, no, anything, no, I no, ask no, you, not, now anything I ask you, you're not going to take it seriously. Are you? But I, 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 do you know what we want to talk about with Alex, John? Because you suggested this as well. Yeah, it's a yeah. good, good topic. It's serious now, Alex. What? The joke is gone. gone out of the pack. Um, what, 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 your route, and that is not the play on another. <laughs> is every hour going to be followed your, by an apology? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your journey. Yeah. John loves that word. Mm, uh, we're all on to the, the top, because you are at the top and at the top of the league, as it stands. It's been a very different one, hasn't it? John, that's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, to yeah, mo- no, most... I think when, when you discuss, like, people's sort of careers and, and, and how it develops, like, everybody's embryonic sort of stage in the career is different you know and one thing I found really interesting from Alex's sort of career is that he came at it maybe around instead of a straight path it was more of um, you know focus on your education you know more of it was maybe a secondary thing that you were doing and and, and I find that interesting because I sometimes think that produces much more rounded professionals which is a um, a way of me complimenting Alex, you know, and saying how we you've approached being a professional sportsman is ref- refreshing, really. Yeah, I think for me, it wasn't a sort of a secondary. But being a professional rugby player wasn't a viable option to me until I was yeah. a professional rugby league player. Doing, you know, coming through academy levels and at a younger age, I wasn't at an ability where I'd been given an opportunity. So yeah, yeah. it wasn't something I'd ever pursue or wanted to pursue. So you were naturally like a late bloomer. Yeah, but it just coincided I've, with I've, your, I've, your degree I've and your basically education. Basically, med- been gifted with being tall and awkward, and you know I've made that to socially, myself. socially <laughs> awkward, socially awkward <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've, you know, I'm, I'm not the most skillful of players. You know, you can bat it. When I first came to the club, I couldn't play the ball. You know, I was uh, catching it was a was a mission in itself, yeah. and then getting down, and getting tackled to play the ball was was an issue of mine, mm. and that was just because I'd never gone through academy level where you learn these sort of basic core skills what every other professional player takes for granted I'd never been taught them so I sort of taught, got back to learn them on the job kind of thing which 
it worked out in, in the end for me. But did you, you have a, do you have desires then back to back then to play Super League? Were you not really that interested? Was, did someone have to drag it out of you and go, look, you can do this? No, I'm, I enjoyed playing amateur rugby and I enjoyed playing university. I enjoyed playing with my mates, and I think when you enjoy doing something, you naturally seem to do yeah well at so it. true yeah um and i got to a point when i was i was playing well and for me when i when i went to batley i got offered a, a trial at batley but when i went to batley you know, the first thing i said was that i'm not just going to come here i want to train with my mates i'm not just going to sort of jump at this opportunity and throw all my eggs into this basket i still want to make sure i'm doing what i do which i enjoy which is playing rugby with my mates and having a drink after and that yeah. was where my whole ethos of rugby league was based around mm. I was going to university, I was going to be a quantity and I was playing rugby on a weekend and that was fine for me. Mm. And then this opportunity arose and when you sort of get a taste of it, that's when it, it's sort of like a drug, you know, you become addicted and, and that's when you want it to work and, and it worked for me. So yeah. you're doing a degree then, sorry, you, have, you, have you got that degree? In yeah. Quantity, so you are a qualified quantity surveyor? I've got a degree in quantity surveying. But you'd have to do well like a top up. I wouldn't have a clue how to do it. Not anymore. Really? Not, not interested in that anymore. No, I, I couldn't go from being in, the, in this environment now into that environment. Mm. I, I don't think I could do it. Um, yeah. What a great backup to have, though, if you, if you did need to go and do something. But he's just announced yeah. uh, no, to everybody that he can't do the job. You can't, you can't do the job. <laughs> so You're not capable of doing the job. <laughs> well, just because it was so long ago, <laughs> 10 years ago, whatever. Yeah, I've just I've been out. It's like anything. If you don't do something for so long, yeah. you learn. You, you don't know how to do it. You, know, you, you forget how to do the, the basic skills of it. Do you know what I find interesting about um, what Alex's development and other, other people's? I, I came probably a similar route to you, you know, education, playing semi-professional and then into the professional game. But I find like Super League clubs will put 10,000 hours of practice into young players, mm. specifically, you know, who they've highlighted. And I just wonder how many times as a sport we get that wrong. Mm. How many times sport gets that wrong? You know, invest all of this time and energy in somebody when for whatever reason, physically suited to the game, there's somebody who's not playing it, who with a little bit of encouragement, and yeah. who could be so much better. Mm. And the reason I bring that up is I think football naturally absorbs and churns all of our young athletic male talent. Yeah. You know, soccer, it, it, it tends to just absorb all of those people. And I just wonder how many people like yourself, Alex, who've, or who've missed it. Who've missed just missed that first part yeah. of like getting on the train and then then but the one thing it doesn't coach is resilience, and that's what some some of those kids will never have because they've been mollycoddled all the all the junior career, having all this coaching and scholarships, whereas they've never had hardship or they've never had to <clears throat> go against yeah. the odds, which is something that Alex no, has but done. Did you like the way that you've come into the sport as such? I know that's, that's that sounds it's like a, yeah, no, it's, it's something I'm proud of because yeah. I haven't like like you know similar to yourself, you haven't been given these opportunities as. 14, 15, 16 year old, where you play at academy level and you get taught by really good coaches when you get, you learn all these skills and that. So for me to have gone around the way I have done and made it to the position I am, then I'm, I'm, it's something I'm quite proud of, to be honest. And it's something I can hang my hat on and say, yeah, I didn't need all these hours of coaching and things like that, you know. Yeah. Enough for me was just playing and training and enjoying it. And that was enough for me. And in the end, it got to me where I am. It's Watch, an interesting you know, discussion of that, isn't it? Like yeah. that academy, chat in terms because it almost just ridicule, ridicules the structure of an academy doesn't it no i don't, I don't think not, it not. does i think what it does is right there's a route to market for rugby players and the most obvious route to market if you want to play for st helens is to join their academy yeah and then go through that system 
But I think as a sport, we're mad if we think that's the only way to get wor world-class rugby players. Because mm. Alex is yeah. world-class. He's not just developed into a domestic player. Uh -huh. He's probably in the top five or six players in his position in the world. Which and is he incredible that you were playing in front of 200 people about seven years and ago. And he's not come... But this is the interesting thing. is He's not come through that pathway. So when I think about Alex... I think that how many of those opportunities have we missed? Do you know, as a sport, like, do we need to look in different places? Do we need to, you know, be more, do we know what we want as a sport from a young person? And I'm not sure we do. I think, I think for me, we play a sport what's so simple, but we overcomplicate. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I think somewhat you said there, Flash, it's resilience. And often I've found, and I don't think it's, it's every single case, but it's never the best kid who seems to make it. Yeah, yeah. I won't say he's been mollycoddled, but if you've been told all your life you're the best in the team, you're the greatest, then you probably don't push yourself as hard. And, and we, it's a very simple game we play. And it comes down to probably a little bit more resilience and mental toughness in it. And it's, yeah. Especially where the game's played now with reduced subs and shot clocks and how quick it is, it's often a team of cracks first who tend to lose. And, yeah. and that's mental, that, isn't it? That's whoever's mentally toughest. Well, then what, what is... Resilience is an ability to overcome adversity or to deal with adversity well and then approach it again the next time in the same, same way. But Alex's point there is, if, if as a young person you never have to deal with adversity, you never have to develop resilience, then where does that resilience come from? You know? And our academy, you can't coach and, them. And do our academy systems actually push against building resilience? You can still have resilience if you're not put in those situations though. You can still have it, but it's just I don't, when it's unlocked. I disagree. Or when, when, when you're put in a situation where you have to, have to kind of show your true colours. Well, I disagree. I what, disagree. What, what I, well, I think that your resilience comes through hardship. Like you need to experience hardship to be resilient. Genuinely resilient. Is that, did, did that happen to and you? It, and Alex? it can be emotional hardship, it can be physical hardship. I think everyone's had hardships. I think yeah. <laughs> life's a series of of downs in it, it's just how you cope with them, and yeah. you know, and everyone goes through tough patches, and, and it's how you deal with it. And they come out the other end. I think everyone's got their own story. I've got stories. I think I always think back to John, and John's probably the most hardworking player I've played with. I've seen him, you know, training and, and playing and things like that. And you know, you grew up on a farm, and yeah. how, how many hours a day did you do helping your dad in, you know, as a young kid yeah, yeah, growing yeah. up? You know, and yeah, it's something you've but he never mentioned. That's that. the great thing about yeah, it. Yeah, we didn't yeah, know he's a pig farmer. Very humble, very humble pig farmer. Yeah. Never mentioned. Never mentioned. You know, yeah, I think it comes off the back of it, you know, and it's obviously there's a lot of life lessons and how you come through it. And it, everyone, everyone in our game runs the same players, and it comes, but it's just who runs them better, who runs them harder, who's more tough, and who don't want to give up. Easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I think a lot of it like comes boils down to the person rather than the ability. Yeah, yeah. And Not that I've got. Any but of that there's, there's no. certain tests in the game, right? So we do physical tests all the time, don't we? Right? How much can you bench press? And that gets written down. How, what score do you get in the yo-yo test or the bleep test or a running test? But there's things we don't measure in sport. Durability, resilience, cognitive ability. The ability, ability to make decisions when fatigued. Like, all of those things actually are the ingredients that I see separate out players. And I just wonder whether we're looking in the right areas for guys. Do you know I think that's going to be the next development of... Well, not just rugby league, but sport is that decision making because there's going to be become a time where every team's got the same kind of athletes, the same size, the same speed, the same stamina. But it's it's the decisions under pressure 
which good players make and then good players don't make, which yeah. will be the difference between good bad, good teams and bad teams. And I reckon that's, there's such a, a massive opportunity for, for some way of training those decision-making into different activities. I, I don't think you can train that. Mm. I think I, I, I think, think that the, comes the, through experience. Comes through, yeah. So if you do, yeah. you've got to be out on the field and playing, yeah. and that's that's where you come up with the right decisions. Or maybe like a virtual reality mask. Yeah, and you can well, yeah. run yeah. like yeah. a three v two. Pretty sure I can think of better uses for the virtual reality. Like what? <laughs> like a three up, three. Like if you're in Toronto and your wife's in London, something like well, that. Well, you're you very got, lazily you? getting to the end of my suggestion, but that's fine. Well, it's exactly what you were thinking. Very lazily. Yeah. No. Is that what you did? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Justin Holbrook because I don't know why I said Holbrook like a cockney because that's not how I speak. Justin Holbrook. Justin Holbrook. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a good what I saw a great Justin name. the other day actually. Uh, City game. Man City game. City. Against, against Brighton. City. He was just by me. He was like, You alright? How you doing? That was did it. Do you remember him? You, know you love, he name drops one person. I name drop, is it? You, he name dropped Adam Peaty <laughs> the other week for no reason. <laughs> you introduced me to him minutes. actually at uh, Spotty and we had a, a night on the piss, so you remember me from that. Oh, there, there we go. Did, yeah. mm. well he's leaving. Yeah. That's, is it huge? Is it huge for sense that he's going? Is he, obviously yeah. everyone's replaceable, but like w with the time that he's had there, um, yeah, can, 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 that, can that legacy last? I think so. I think what, what Justin's done is, is put us in a position now where we're in a good spot. I think when, when he first came on board and John will be able to back this up, it was quite a toxic toxic place yeah. at the time, you know, that there was a big separation of, of the fans and the club. You know, yeah. the town is is all rugby league and it was such a toxic place to play at the time yeah. for whatever reasons, you know, and it was there was a big divide there and what Justin's done is he's brought the community back together and I think that's well, well, just going back then, what, what what I know kind of what were those main reasons why it was so divided well, before Justin came? Can I can help yeah. expand on that. Is that at the time <coughs> there was like a lack of acknowledgement of responsibility from the coaching and playing environment and then there was a difference of opinion of how the game should be played from the fans. Mm. And instead of pulling the fans in, the club I believe almost became scared of the fans. It was like, well, we don't want to upset the fans and, mm. and kept the two things very separate. And Justin was so smart to come in. He went, look, win or lose, we get it wrong, we get it right, we need to close that gap. And he's, he's done it. Yeah. There's loads of ways he's done it. Yeah. And it, it, you'd, you'd think the fans wouldn't have a bearing on the team, but I think if you've got the home place as such a good environment to play at, then it's going to make, we've been unbeaten all year at home. And I think a lot of it comes down to we wanting to play at home again. There was a time where I think I was our way record was a lot better than his own because yeah, yeah. we didn't want to play at home. It was just such. There a, is pressure playing in, that, in, yeah, in such a, a melting pot of fans and pressure and the, the period expectation. Al Alex talks about there was a tangible feeling of negativity in yeah. the air, wasn't there? Yeah, and us as players, you know, we sense that and we've probably underperformed. Not as that was your only excuse, but yeah. it's hard to sort of perform at a higher level when. There wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't a nice place to play at, and I think that, that's not. I'm not saying the fans shouldn't have been disgruntled at the time. I was playing a standard of rugby which wasn't good enough for the club we was playing at. Um, but what Justin's done is, you know, you look back to that year, and Cass was by far the best team in the competition, and he sort of he pinpointed that, and he said, "Why are they the best team?" Because he was enjoying what they was doing. They was enjoying training. You can yeah. tell they was enjoying playing. Happy fighters are dangerous fighters. So at that time when he come on board, we was all in a very frustrated camp. We was angry, you know. We was angry as a team. We was angry about how we were playing. We was frustrated, and all he did was just moved us into a happy environment. Mm. And it was sounds so cliche and simple, yeah, but yeah. Well, it wasn't far off a did. seamless transition, wasn't it? It wasn't a, you know, he he hit the road 
running. But that was his phrase. That. But he, uh, John always describes it as his simplicity that makes him so great. That's the mm. way John has said that a hundred times, doesn't he, Mark? That's what makes Justin such a, that he makes things so simple and compares him to when you read Sir Alex Ferguson books and people talking about Sir Alex, uh, the great coaches do that. Do you find that? Yeah, yeah. And, but I've and why, why is that so effective for players? I don't know. It's, it's, again, it's, let's just get everyone happy. Let's get everyone doing the right things again. It was probably, there was probably too many excuses at the time on, on how I was performing. There was, a lot of, there was probably a big blame culture, yeah. I feel, at the time. A big blame culture. There wasn't much responsibility and ownership taken on as a squad and individual players. We've got that right. We'll start looking after your own job and your own stuff. Was and that enough? Uh, he was big on that game. Yeah, the yeah if everyone does the right thing and does what they're supposed to do, then it, it's seamless. Yeah, if everyone plays, has a everyone clear does own job, job role and executes it, that's, that, you're, on, you're on, a, on a good route. That to, sounds so simple. But yeah, in, it does, in, but in, when, in when you're struggling, everyone wants to have an opinion on somebody else's job or they take on too respo- much responsibility because they don't trust other people. Well, the, yeah, the consequences of not having clarity on what you're doing at, at a sporting level, at the top level, are huge. Whereas day-to-day life, if your job is right, you, you go to your computer, type this out, print it out over there. Uh, that, that can occupy occupy your mind. It's not always quite what an office job is like, Jim. Well, look, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm simplifying something, but what I'm trying to say is in a sports environment, if you've not got clarity mm. and the decision-making is two hundredths of a second to make a choice, if you're not clear about what you should do, that thought of even thinking about what you should do is in the wrong place. Mm. It didn't, it didn't, it, when you go back to the very basics of rugby league, Actually, what Justin did is reduce the amount of time our players spent thinking. It, it, at the very core of it, he stopped your thinking because he didn't want us to think. He wanted us to be clear in an action. And then once your mind's clear, that's when you can make choices. And some the players military... don't want to think. Percy is the best instinct player I've seen for 10, 15 years because he just gets the ball and just sees space and whatever's yeah. natural to him, he does. But him thinking is yeah, bad yeah. news, isn't well, it? Well, there's a, a book by um, who's a Marine called Josh Willink and it's called uh, Extreme Ownership. Mm. And if you read that, when I read that, like something went off in my mind because it made me th- realize that people assume creativity comes from disorder. People who are creative are disordered and, and, and unstructured. And, but what, what the military do and what the Marines do is they train discipline mm. at the very basic level so that when it comes to the point where they've got to fire the gun, they can be creative because all of the basics are done. For example, they're not looking where the magazine of the round, they're not fumbling around trying to you know, locate a target. They're already, all of those basics are done. And what Justin did is take all of the thought out of the basics that we were doing. It was just a process. Yeah. So John's been watching Ross Kemp documentaries this week. Um, Alex, in terms of what he did, it wasn't, didn't seem to be an overnight fix, did it? from the outside when, when yeah. he came in but he made it look like one and, and that is that not what's so great as well that it happened so quickly that there wasn't this oh look give him six months and so on yeah well yeah I think what if you look at the playing squad now to what it was back then there's not much difference in personnel obviously we brought a couple of players in you know we lost a couple of players mm. you know which probably helped a little bit sure uh, got rid of the dead <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> no, freed I, up I a think, bit of cash think, Deadwood yeah no 
What did you say? Deadwood. I know you said yeah. Deadwood. Times, yeah. Yeah. Deadwood. No one Deadwood. Deadwood. Johnny's Deadwood. Deadwood. No, um, well, a lot of the Saints fans were happy to see the package. Yeah. Not just Saints. Yeah, fans. I'm, I'm happy with the players, players as well. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awkward laugh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he was, has anybody got another beer? Um, um, should he be drinking so heavily, John? I'm not quite sure. Uh, it's, it's fine. I've got no consequences. Beer. Yeah. Can we get John another beer? I'm not sure. Carry <laughs> um, um, on, Alex. Sorry. Yeah. Again, it was just sort of sometimes. It can be as simple as a change of face, some new personnel is coming in, a new coach coming in with some new ideas and, mm. and just get us excited again, get us all excited again about playing rugby. And, mm. and again, everyone runs the same players, it was just who runs them best. And I think it was, as John said, so, we had so much clarity on how we wanted to play in the, fa in the, the fashion we wanted to play, it was just made our job so easy. Yeah. We didn't need to do anyone else's work, as long as you took ownership of your own work. Stop this victim blame yeah. game what was going on at the time and look after your own self, do what you should be doing, then everything else sort of falls into place. Eh? When did it click for you? Because I'd say there's a difference between you starting your career, so coming into the St. Helens dressing room, and to where you are now. As I said before, like my opinion is that you're amongst the best in the world at what you do. What tipped it that way? Because it could, it, it, sport can go the other way, can't yeah. it? Could not work back, out. back at Batley before you knew it. Yeah, for, for me there was the, the turning point was after the 2014 Grand Final. Uh, Brown had left and Kez come on board, and mm. um, I had a I had a hip surgery that I think I missed all three season with hip surgery, and I was we bought a couple of middles in, and I thought, am I going to get much game time here? I was still sort of new to the scene. It was only my second year. We've got a couple of new middles. Am I going to play much? Mm. And Kez coming to me in in pre season two weeks after my surgery and sort of saying to me. I'm going to make you the main forward in our team. You and Robes, Moko and the rest, we're going, to sort of, we're going to build our pack around that front row and we're going to go off the back of that. And having someone put that much confidence into you as a, as a new player, so to speak, on, on the team, and have someone say that to you and put that much confidence into you, knowing that you're not going to be training for 12 weeks anyway, that come the season starts, you're going to be playing. And I thought, that was a point where I thought, well, yeah, I'm going to, and, I, and that was probably my best year, 2015. You know, I had a great year that year and I sort of, kicked on as a player and I think that was sort of the, the start of it was, was Kez just, just coming to me as simple as saying those two sentences, you know, we're going we're gonna to build this back around you, Robes, and you know, Wilk and the rest of where was there. Isn't that amazing that it was something so simple like that? Alex Ferguson says that in his book, isn't it? What's the best coaching tip you could give uh, any coach? And doesn't he say, well, the words well done are the best tools sometimes? And, and Kez didn't say well done to you, but what he said to you, is, look, Alex, I completely trust you to go and do a job for me. And yeah. that can change its confidence then. Of course, yeah. If you've, yeah. Got, if you've got the back of your head coach who's putting, you, putting all this confidence into you, then you sort of prevail under it and, and you can't wait to perform. And, and it was as, as simple as that. And I think playing that year in 2015 and um, having the year I did sort of just took me on to another level. And, and I, at that point, I knew I was sort of, I was going to go on and, and do what I was going to do. Uh, that, that, just having that bit of confidence there. Mm. It, um, would it be a crying shame if Justin doesn't win the grand final, given that he's going? Well, it's not just Justin, is it? It's the full team. No, no, but to, to have that to his on yeah, his yeah. honours. Yeah, he, he deserves that. He deserves that. And I think what he's sort of done in, in such a short time, as we spoke about, has, has been amazing, not just for the club, but for the town itself. And his... Yeah, he, he deserves something like that. I know we've, we've had the league leaders for a couple of years now, and 
we've been the best team for two years. That's where why we've sat where we've sat. But that must be exhausting after a season like that, where you're. I mean, this season more than ever, you're absolutely leagues apart, aren't you, for the rest of the in terms of points anyway, for the rest of the teams. What do you mean to, by exhausting? Like physically? No, no, exhausting to, to end up with nothing at the end. Oh of the yeah, but, but I think the, the pressure in this, like I said, pressure's the thing, isn't it? Whether you believe it or not, but it gives. It feeds into the narrative for the underdogs, doesn't it, now? Of course, yeah. To play Saints. So Steve Price would have loved everyone writing Warrington off like yeah. he did. And he would have used that. The fact that you saw Josh Charnley singing Tommy Mekison's name and all that after the game shows you how much Steve Incentive, Price yeah. had used mm -hmm. the perception of Saints being better than them as a tool. Mm -hmm. Now that's gone. I mean, we that, did it no, but that's, that's gone yeah. now. That's well, gone. Uh, but the fact that they won the Challenge Cup final. Yeah, that has gone for Saints now. Right. That, that illusion Saints, of yeah. that they are the best completely out there. They're the best team in the league, yeah. but you can get beat. Any day you can get beat. But is that what happened, that's what happened with you guys against Warrington at home in the playoffs last season? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah different circumstances. And I believe Saints are in a much better Saints are a better team now than they were at this point. Without, without doubt. Like, no doubt in my mind whatsoever. But there must be a huge hunger now to. Yeah, I mean, to it's interesting to say that because I, I look back to 2014 and we were the best team that year, weren't we? Until yeah, we, we lost. We won the league leaders, though. So we? many people. We lost Walsh, we lost yourself, oh, we lost yeah. Johnny. And you look back to that 2014 grand final, we were rough. We'd been rough for, yeah. for weeks. We weren't going to win that. That wasn't the one where Mark played halfback. The very one. Where we had a. We had a 4 1 one and Flash was half-back and he kicked it. That was a one, but don't, we got a vote off. Don't bring that up. And yeah, we was off for weeks before the grand final. We, we were back not to even make the grand final because yeah. of the people we'd lost and the personnel. But what we did that year is simple, simple to what we've done. You know, we just didn't come in the ball. We made our game so simple. Let's uh, just win. And probably what Warrington is to us in the Challenge Cup, mm -hmm. let's kick the ball long. It's complete high, and let's just see if they can get out of the run half. Without doubt, that was their plan. You could see it a mile off. And it worked. And when the numbers stack up in your favour, and when you do, you're efficient with the ball, and you, you kick well, and there's very low risk in everything that you do, mm -hmm. that gives you an opportunity to win big games. I think they, they made four hours, hours that game. I think yeah. we made 16. We, had, we didn't deserve to be in the game, never mind, would it? Yeah. If you're making 16 hours compared to a team who's making four, you're not, you're not going to be in the game, you're not going to have a chance, and that's what ultimately cost us. But, in, you know, it's, they had the grit and the teeth. That, you know, that was the best they played all year. You could tell that, and, and they were by far worthy winners. So how do you mitigate against that happening again? Say you get to the grand final now. You're playing Salford. <laughs> you're not playing Salford. Why not? Well, just statistically very <laughs> unlikely that you're going to make the grand final. It's not very unlikely. It's very unlikely. Well, we're five teams. Yeah, what are you going to do? Sell 2,000 tickets? Johnny it's going to be a devastating. <laughs> it's going to be devastating for what the game. What does the crowd matter? Johnny, well, you've yeah. upset these Salford fans enough yeah. this season. Oh, do I upset Just, one fan? No, 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 they all hate you. Oh, good. They do. <laughs> That's like a common theme in rugby league of people hurting you. Yeah, John Wilkins away. Gary Schofield. Well, because I mean, he's put. He's, you know, <laughs> he's, he's probably like people look at him like you know him and Fran probably like the sort of Richard and Judy. Of, of, of rugby league, uh, like the Eamon and Kate, you know that's those sort of. Uh, is it Kate? I don't think they do. Well, I think no. they just don't like the fact I have opinions. Oh, uh, well, I think that's what it is. Oh, don't have an opinion. Oh, don't have an opinion. What I'd quite like is to have um, a few opinions on a final topic before we wrap up, Alex. Great to have you here. Um, paid or unpaid? Yeah. 
We've done well, haven't we, from, from where we were, where we started 10 minutes ago with the poem. We started down the yeah. story. It's quite awkward. It was a little bit. Was it not, not on my part, but I felt no, I didn't feel awkward. I no, made looks like first time. Go and share it did I? No, I did <laughs> the first time I've seen him blush. I was probably more angry you didn't read it. I wasn't didn't feel awkward. But no, it, you looked awkward. Though. Did I? Yeah, I always look quite awkward. You actually um, had a word. Oof. Right. That's like what um, So just just to finish, there is a, a story which has been brought to my attention. Um, and this is going to be blow the belt again, but we're going to finish with it. This <laughs> is going to be blow the belt. <laughs> um, you three people here in front of me, uh, Mark's laughing awkwardly here. Oh, no, this is going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex, this um, has nothing to do with me. Uh, yeah, that's been, all I'm saying. Been this has been all been cooked in up. I've uh, <laughs> been involved in a fight, right? And that's, it, wasn't, it wasn't no ordinary fight because it was a three-way fight between all of you. <laughs> well, <laughs> a menage uh, two a two-on-one. Can, <laughs> can you just take us back to that? three-on-one. Just take us back to that fateful day. It was just a bit know, of hand Can I? I, no. don't, I, don't, I don't think I can. Mark, you told me the story last night. Tell it again. <laughs> it's not go. really much of a story. It was just a bit of handbags. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Handbags. I just don't understand how you can have a fight between ways. It was a disagreement over a tree getting posted through a letterbox. And somebody posting grass through Alex's letterbox. A tree getting posted through a letterbox. Stuart Howarth, who signed at Saints for a couple of years, was posting. Various bits of vegetation through Alex's door, after, and as Alex stormed out, out, you can imagine he's upset. There's like muddy, grassy, like yeah. lumps of. We, we, we just lost a semi-final as well. Yeah, yeah. We oh, was, okay. yeah. and that, Stu Howarth was giggling around a corner, sticking his head around a corner, and Al came out and went, "Pack it in, doing that." <laughs> yeah, and, you know, boys. And, 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 and yeah, he said that's very naughty, <laughs> and I res- please respect my carpet. It's cream, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, fine." But is there any other things that you're going to do to solve this situation? Which, on I reflection, think, I, was a mistake. I think yeah. what the wording was, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> 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 oh my and God, it's been time to just realise the reason Mickey McLaurin punched me. So was that, his fault? That's when the first punch was thrown, was it? I'm you? not saying any punches were thrown. I've never said no. anything. There was a, I, I we, we, hit, we hit a point where... Of no return. That was said. There was a, dis- there was a disagreement. And at a crossroad, you're going to go one way or the other. And yeah. I went one way. Can I it? just say, by the end of it, we reached a humble accord. Yeah. And Flanagan, Wormsley, Wilkin relations have never been better. Gone, so, but just to rewind, just a, 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 sort of 10 minutes into <laughs> that story, but at, at the end of the story, did it involve Mark sticking up for John because John was attacked and... Oh, that's that, stuck. Yeah. yeah, I did stick up for him. I think how, some, how dare you? That's what made it a three-way yeah. fight. He's well, my whoa, 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 whoa. Subtext. <laughs> I'm going to put a subtext. No, I'm going to put a subtext in here. Mark and Alex had a tendency to rib each other quite a lot throughout the year. You did. There was little. There was there was a bit of niggle there. <laughs> was there? Yeah, there was. There was. There was. And I felt like I was used as a vehicle <laughs> for you two. No, apolo- yeah. I want an apology off you no. both. You used me as a vehicle to hit each other. We were both. <laughs> Gets weirder. <laughs> I, <laughs> I used you as a vehicle to hit you. Yes. For you which, which I missed, because no, no one punched anyone. No. And then Mark then used that as a vehicle to punch me, but missed as well. Oh, that's it, yeah. Because no one... And then because we both fell over. Because we, we all missed. Bus nose. And we all missed. And and we all missed and nobody complained and the club never knew about it. It and never it was happened. Fine. And it went nicely under the carpet. And, and no one didn't speak about it ever again. <laughs> and there was nobody... One, we, one of the weirdest stories, have, isn't it? And we didn't have a meeting the next day about it. No. no. <laughs> Nothing happened. Nothing Lovely happened. one, Glenn. <laughs> can we, we can put that one to bed. Alex, 
Lovely to see you. Lovely to meet you. Yeah. Um, you. If anyone is interested, any publishers that are interested in, in uh, taking <laughs> that that Ronald the Winosaurus story off me, uh, is available at price. John, see you later. Bye. Mark, see you later. <clears throat> and um, yeah, wherever you are in the world, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and, and good, good night. night.